this really sums up what we're trying to do at Siemens, which is to provide the right visualization at the right time across the entire life cycle. And I guess for me, that really means focusing on three things, ease of use, consistency, and high quality. Welcome to this week's episode of Next Generation Design. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper. This week, we're getting a little more insight on visualization and what it means for our customization-obsessed consumer base. In this episode, I welcome two experts in the field to share their thoughts on the increased ease and speed of visualization, the use of virtual reality in design, and their predictions for where we're headed in the future. Today, I'm joined by our guests, Ben Widowson and Gavin McCambridge. Ben, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about your role at Siemens? So my name is Ben, Ben Widowson, and I work in the product marketing team as part of Siemens, mainly in PES. My background is in design and visualization. Welcome, Ben. And Gavin, what about you? Hi, I'm Gavin McCambridge. I'm part of the creative team. What we do within Siemens is, first of all, show people what is capable of NX, for NX Render to do, and also create content that is used within NX Render in NX, whether that be materials or environments. Thanks, Gavin. Let's talk visualization. To start us off, can you give us a brief overview of what visualization means to you? I've worked in visualization for most of my career and seen firsthand how it can be used in the new product introduction process. Actually, early in my career, I worked for a large furniture manufacturer as their in-house designer. We developed flat pack furniture to be sold online and in store and in a catalog. And we used visualization every day to communicate with people, starting with like, real-time visualization at, during design reviews. We used to use photo reel renders and animations when presenting concepts to the customer. And then we'd even use close-up detail shots to show, to show assembly and design for manufacture with the team on the production floor. And then finally, we'd also use photo reel images for, for marketing, which went into the customer's point of sale catalog and on the website. And I guess this really sums up what we're trying to do at Siemens, which is to provide the right visualization at the right time across the entire life cycle. And I guess for me, that really means focusing on three things, ease of use, consistency and high quality. And of course, we're looking to do all of this within an integrated environment, working around the associative master model. And Gavin, what about you? I think for me, visualization is, from a user perspective, is getting across your ideas in a way that enables you to not have to over-describe everything. So often putting a shiny picture next to, you know, your, your design can often help people understand things a lot clearer. And that's where I see it fitting in. And the idea is starting conversations and moving those conversations along from the start of a design process to, to the actual final product. Would you say that visualization and virtual reality are the same thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Virtual reality is, is a form of visualization. I guess visualization in its broadest form is, is kind of pixels on the screen showing a representation of your 3D model. And virtual reality is specifically engaging with that 3D model in an immersive way, typically using virtual reality goggles. Have you found that there's more value in taking the visualization process to a more immersive space? I remember a couple of years back when I first visited the JCB facility here in the UK. And for those who don't know JCB, they're, they're famous for making those big, large, heavy equipment vehicles for construction and agriculture. 
And as I walk through the, the glass doors into the big open lobby area, they have this, this full-scale hydra dig, which is a, a giant backhoe, in the lobby. And it's, it's absolutely enormous. And nothing quite prepares you for when you see one of these things in, in the real world. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And I remember standing next to the, the rear wheels and looking up and just thinking, wow, this is, this is incredible, it's massive. But then later that day when I got back to the office and I actually tried to share this story with a few colleagues, like I'm doing now, I tried to describe it with words to communicate the, you know, the sheer size of this thing. And everybody was kind of nodding along, but I felt that they didn't really have the same visceral experience that I did when I saw it. So how did VR aid you in that communication? So what we did is we actually went into the uh, the VR room in the office and loaded one of the machines up in VR, showed the team this vehicle. And because they were actually able to stand virtually next to this machine, they, they had a much closer experience to how I felt when I saw the real one. And to me, that really encapsulates the value of VR. It's that ability to experience a product or a vehicle or a, a design at a human scale with other people. And, and clearly that's a very specific type of visualization and there's other things like rendering which we'll cover later on but that to me really kind of helped me understand what the value of, of VR was to, to users particularly in the design space. Let's expand a little bit more on visualization and VR. What benefits are you seeing of VR being used more regularly in the industry? One of the big insights that I had early on was that VR is really a way to experience a design at human scale and be able to see it as if you were stood next to the real object. I think the other key benefit of virtual reality is that you can do this with other people who aren't necessarily in the same room. So for an example of a a car manufacturer or a heavy equipment manufacturer, if you have a team say based in the UK and another team say based in India, no longer do the teams have to travel to meet and review a physical prototype. They can now do this collaboratively in a virtual session from their desks. Have you seen VR affect how teams work remotely? The fact that we're kind of still in the midst of a global pandemic and many of us are still working from home, this has a massive impact on people's ability to be productive and still produce great work. And obviously, you know, virtual reality means you can kind of do more design reviews earlier and quicker, which doesn't necessarily remove the need for a physical prototype, but it certainly means you can save those dollars for doing physical prototypes for the right time. Are there some industries embracing virtual reality more than others? I mean, I would say most industries to some degree. But I think the the people that tend to be uh, leaders in this space tend to be kind of automotive and transportation and also aerospace. They always seem to be early adopters of these technologies. And you you, you probably see that the, the car companies, for instance, they even have these uh, virtual showrooms where you can go and experience a, a car completely virtually and even make a purchase decision without ever seeing or touching the real thing. So they've, 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 they've always led the way in terms of adopting these new technologies. But certainly from what we've seen, many, many industries, including consumer products and marine, use virtual reality and immersive technologies across various parts of the, the design process. What would you say is the biggest barrier to adopting VR for industrial companies? Most people have probably seen or experienced VR in some capacity, normally as a, a nice glossy demonstration. But once you've seen a few of these, if you actually stand back and ask the question, so how did the how did you get your design, you know, your, your native CAD data from the CAD system into that VR experience? The answer that most people give still today is that they're spending a lot of, a lot of time, often hours and days, preparing these 3D models by exporting them from their CAD system 
doing some data prep and then into the, the whatever tool they're using to do their VR design review. So it's a huge amount of manual effort. And I think this probably presents the biggest barrier still for, for many people to adopt this as a kind of day-to-day tool or you know, a tool as part of their workflow. And what would help companies overcome those barriers? I think the most important thing to help people adopt VR is to make it really quick and easy for them to load large data sets into VR. You know, they don't want to be spending all that additional time when they could be focusing that time on doing design, which obviously means, you know, better products, more time spent on the design, better outcomes for the customer as well. So, yeah, so I think, I think the key is being able to instantly load data into VR, do more design reviews, not have to do any of that manual data prep. As visualization becomes more and more ubiquitous, there becomes a need for the process to be more attractive to everyday consumers. Gavin, how is Siemens making visualization more customizable for customers? What we're trying to do is enable customers to be able to access high-end rendering at any stage of their design process. The idea is that they can get across their design, their, their ideas quicker and faster to make design decisions. So the way we're doing this is with NX Render, we've, we've looked at that and how it works. The idea of easy to use, so drag and drop materials onto your, your latest model, so it quickly updates and renders. So within NX, we've got a thousand new materials in there. The idea of these materials is they're flexible in the sense of you can use them as they are, or you can then edit them. Can you walk me through that process of customization? So what we've done is we've looked at how to edit materials, tried to look at how easy that is to do. So effectively there, what you're looking at is you can change the color of the material, quite a simple thing, or you can go in and switch all the textures out to your own custom textures that you use to get your desired look for your design. This works on different levels. So we've got like a beginner level effectively, whereas you're just literally changing maybe how shiny something is or the color, as I've stated before, then going into actually, you know, getting really into it and capturing that actual material that you want. And the idea with these materials is we've looked at the design process, we've looked at manufacturing, and what we've tried to do is capture the most useful materials that we think our customers will be interested in. And how does this make the process more simple and user-friendly? So if you look down the list, there's loads of different types of plastics, metals, paints, you know, different types of coatings for stuff. So hopefully by having this set uh, makes it a lot easier for people to access and use. And then again, NX comes with quite a lot of content in it with the environment. So when I say environments, I'm talking about lighting. And again, it's using a simple drag and drop solution so that you can change your lighting quite quickly. And as with the material editing, NX has that functionality of being able to adjust to your level. If you want to add more content in there, your own content, you can do. Once you know the menu system, it's quite easy to do. Ben, do you have anything to add to that? I think the the thing that people probably don't even notice but makes a massive difference in terms of ease of use is this kind of consistency so when you apply a material one of the materials that Gavin was talking about once the idea is that you will get a very similar representation depending on which render mode you're in so you don't have to be reapplying materials anytime so you get a very kind of consistent workflow throughout and a consistent looking model regardless of where you are. Moving on to the visualization type workflow, what is the biggest benefit of working in an integrated environment? It means we can go from model to render very, very quickly. 
What we prefer to kind of champion is a V-bond system. So what we're doing is effectively setting up a, an assembly that sits where your E-bond sits, so your engineering bomb sits, and you can make changes to that. But the, the visualization data never touches that. And the idea of this is that you can set up your visualization side of things, have all your materials done, everything done there, but you never ever get into, go into contact or contaminate, if you will, your e-bomb. And then what you can do then is you can carry on working on it, making design changes as you do. And what would you say is the key factor in that time saved? So I kind of my background is in architectural visualization. That's where I started. And a lot of the time I would spend doing data prep. And what happens is I would be sent a model, I would prep that data. So let's say put materials on it, light it, get it ready to go, integrate it in. And then what we'd have is, as with any design process, there are going to be design revisions at times, which then again, that data has to come back. And if you're exporting it, importing it, this is all taking time. So having it all integrated, you're not having that. The most that we've got here using the V-bomb system is we've just got to double check that if there are new parts that they've had materials applied to them or you need to apply to them. So for us, it's a time saving. That's where we see it. What is the most important element when ensuring the effectiveness of visualization? The three key things for me when it comes to visualization are the quality, the speed at which you can produce an image or an animation and the ease of use. And I think Today in 2021, visual quality is essentially, you know, it's an expected requirement of any tool. Most rendering tools on the market can produce a great image or animation. And, you know, if you know which buttons to press, you can get a good result. So it's not really a differentiating factor anymore. With the way that game engines have progressed over the last few years, high-end visualization can now be done in real time, which means you don't have to wait for a, a render to, to appear. You can kind of get really good looking results in real time if you know what you're doing. Can you elaborate a bit on that and what it means for people using the process in their day-to-day work? So this means that rendering speed is also less of a defining factor when it comes to choosing a tool. So it really means for me that ease of use is quickly becoming the most important deciding factor when picking a visualization tool. And for me, you can kind of split that into two components. It's it's how easy is it to use the tool? I, you know, which how fast can I learn which buttons to press to get the results I need? And for people with, you know, visualization backgrounds like Gavin, you know, they should be able to fairly quickly transition between tools if they know the fundamental principles. So perhaps the more interesting factor comes down to how it fits into the, the company's broader workflow. So for design and engineering teams working on, I don't know, let's say a, a luxury yacht or an electric vehicle, being able to stay in that integrated environment with, you know, familiar tools has huge implications on workflow and efficiency and ease of use. And as we've mentioned, if you're not having to jump back and forth between the CAD system and a third-party tool for doing visualizations, you can save a huge amount of time and effort. Circling back to the consumer experience, as customers become more likely to expect personalized products from the brands that they buy from, how is Siemens supporting those brands to deliver on this expectation? I think that now with the integration, uh, things like NX Render and Moonlight Shape, we can start empowering users to make design decisions quite early in their engagements with customers. In addition to things like Realize Shape, we have appearance management. All of these functions can be used to, to create quite a powerful story for our customers' customers, if you will. Can you give us an example of that tech in action? We had a recent engagement with a luxury yacht manufacturer 
And what we were doing was looking at how they use quite a lot of these different functions that we have within NX. So partly it was to look at NX render. We also showed them how using real life shape, you can quite quickly, quite animate your scene by adding in quite a lot of soft furnishings and stuff especially if you're from a background like me. So my background is in polymodeling. It was very quick for me to adapt to realize shape and actually be able to create quite a lot of content to put into this yacht model that we were given to work with. And then on top of that, then we could use things like appearance management. And what are the benefits of a program like appearance management? So appearance management allows you to really go over and above what you would generally do like with a mood board where you're showing a customer a certain amount of materials next to each other on a board. Whereas in appearance management using NX Render and Realize Shape, you can actually then show them it in context. So how the materials will fit together, how they're going to look next to each other and to really get the feel for the space and the materials coming through. And we found that worked really well, especially with quite a, a, a big model, as, as obviously luxury yachts are. Ben, can you share your perspective on customer customization? As Gavin said, whenever you can kind of co-create with the customer, such as with the interior of a luxury yacht, it just makes the, the design process a lot smoother, reduces the number of meetings it might take to work up a design with a customer, you know, naturally, the, the follow-on from that is that it reduces the, the overall design and manufacture time and reduces the amount of errors, which is all, all good in terms of keeping costs down and keeping customers happy. And I think being able to show the customer their appearance options, whether it's through images or animations, as Gavin mentioned right at the start of the, the episode, it's, it's, it just means they can imagine more clearly what the result is going to be rather than through a set of traditional schematic drawings or traditional, you know, physical material samples where they can't necessarily imagine how those are going to look mapped onto the, the final product. So I think having this functionality available inside of, you know, an integrated design application like NX is, is really important. With the automotive and marine industries, styling and designing interiors is becoming more and more important. How are we catering to that rise in customization popularity with the technology that we offer? If we look back at the yacht story that we were just talking about, one of the things that we did do was we created a lot of the soft furnishings and you know, the seating in there. And what this allowed us to do is actually put it in into its rough sizes and then actually give it the correct shape that it will be when it, it was actually created. What tool would you use specifically for that task? Realize Shape was very easy to work with to do that. It's, it's in my mind, quite a sculpturing tool for that and, and once you've understood how it works and where all the settings are for it it's actually brilliant my background being in poly modeling actually really helps one of the other great aspects of it is i can anything that i create in there using real life shape i can also save out to a reuse library so that means if i'm working on another model with similar features similar sized interior to it i can bring those back in and reuse them so the way i look at like creating a lot of things in real life shape is Am I creating it to use again? If so, then how am I going to work with it? And that's kind of where I come from my side at these things. You mentioned animation before. Still images are great, but what did those animations bring to the table? I've been involved, like, like Ben, most of my career in visualization. 
when I first started in the early 2000s, it was very, very much still images. And we're talking still images that were kind of photorealistic. And then as things evolved, we went from still images that are kind of photorealistic to photorealistic. Throughout that journey, we've also had an increase and a want for people to look at animations and, and to create more. So do you prefer something like animation designer to those still images? I think what you get from an animation that you don't get from a still is a real sort of feel for the size and shape of it. And what, what we have in NX is we have animation designer. Now, part of that is you can use it for high-end rendering animations. Even as something as a, uh, quite quick and simple to as a turntable, it's very easy, a couple of clicks, and then basically let it go and it will render you a 360 of your, your model. What I like about an animation designer is it's actually really simple to use. I've had no formal training in it, and I was able to pick it up and work it out. And I started off doing turntables. The next site, I went from turntables to multi-cameras where I was switching between different cameras. It was all done quite quickly and easily from my perspective. There wasn't a massive learning curve to it all. But the other great thing as well with an animation designer is it's not just about animating cameras. It's also about animating the actual product itself. So if you have something like Reciprocate and Saw, is one of the models that we have in our uh, demo kit, that actually we can animate that to run and then render that with it animated and running. Are there any roadblocks to making this type of technology ubiquitous for customers? One thing on, on the animation side of things is um, if your local workstation doesn't necessarily have a, a powerful GPU for, for running these animations. One thing you can try and one thing you can look at is something called iRace Server, which allows you to cluster together multiple machines within your office to speed up the animation process, well, speed up the rendering process for animations. Or additionally, if you have a specific server or workstation which is very high-powered in terms of its GPUs, then it also enables you to connect to that. So I think... It's, it's a really nice way of enabling anybody within the organization to access some of these uh, high-end rendering facilities, capabilities within, well, within NX. Looking forward, what do you see as the future of visualization? What are some of the trends we'll see happen in the next few years? It's been pretty clear over the last few years that things are increasingly moving towards more of a, a real-time visualization. And that really means that you can get results instantly without having to wait for things to render. I think the other thing that will become increasingly used is leveraging 5G networks to allow low-powered devices like, like mobile phones and tablets to do very, very high-end visualization via the cloud. And again, this really just opens up the availability and access of some of this capability to people who wouldn't traditionally have a high-powered workstation at their desk, which has got to be a good thing because you can involve more people more easily. So those are some of the things that we've been noticing and I would say increasingly going to become a, a trend over time. And what would you say is the defining factor of that trend? I think the key there is speed. And as Ben was saying, real time, a uh, number of when we've had engagements with customers, it's something that has been discussed of, of VR and real time rendering. It's not just a case of you know, I want to see my thing in VR now. This is actually, you know, how can we get access to it quickly? People are less wanting to wait 24 hours for a render of an animation or 
whatever. They're actually wanting it, you know, click a button and it's there, which is the, the tech is getting there. And as Ben was mentioning before, with things like the NVIDIA graphics cards where they're getting faster and we're able to put more data through them to create a better visualization, I think is where it's heading as well. Where can our listeners go to find out more about visualization and the VR capabilities? I would recommend a couple of things. Firstly, to check out the NX Render blog series up on the Siemens blog, where we've been covering the workflow that Gavin does for his his particular visualization workflow. Um, And we've been doing this for different sectors, starting with heavy equipment and moving into consumer products. And I would also recommend checking out the Visualizing the Digital Twin webinar series, where we cover similar topics that we've discussed today with guest presenters like NVIDIA. And then finally, it's also worth keeping an eye on the the Siemens YouTube channel where we post regular videos showing different workflows and capabilities within the Siemens portfolio when it comes to visualization. A fascinating look into what the future of visualization may hold. A big thanks to Gavin and Ben for joining us today. Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in on today's episode. Join us next time for more discussions about the latest in design innovation and software applications. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper, and this has been Next Generation Design.